Did you know that Stanford University and U.S. men's national team standout Jordan Morris majored in African-American studies with a minor in dance? Soccer Godcaster. Soccer Godcaster. Soccer Godcaster. You know, rumor has it that uh, Jordan Morris also was uh, the second in line to play Dr. Omalu in the concussion movie. (laughs) Shout out to Jordan Morris. That kid's got a real bright and versatile future ahead of him. I look forward to his future endeavors. Hello. Welcome to 2016. 2016. Where's that sex toilet? (laughs) This one? Tokyo sex <laughs> That's never not funny. You have to hit you have to hit air horns on 2016. I don't know if that's because I'm supposed to believe that it's like going to be a better year or you know I'm culturally obligated to be optimistic for like the next 3 to 4 weeks. Uh so far down here in uh used to be sunny South Florida. <laughs> yeah. Uh we have a bunch of wind, rain, gloomy skies so far. Not the dopest of weather. Yeah, 2016. I I said last night, and I believe this to be true, that every day down here where the high is below 75, I feel like we should all get some kind of like tax credit because <laughs> this nonsense is not what I signed up for. I'm not here for light jackets and like windbreakers. That's why you got to go straight fur coat. Yeah. Fur coat. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to do the cold. Let it be cold, cold enough where I can get, like, real fly with it. Like, not this... Speaking of fly with it, <laughs> why don't you tell the people uh, about the field trip we went on? <laughs> about the field trip we went on a couple days ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. We uh, engaged in some South Florida excellence. We went to Flea Market USA on 78th Street. <laughs> the self-proclaimed number one flea market in America. And who am I to argue? But we went there because we were looking for dashikis. <laughs> And in my case, do you case, think everyone out there knows what a dashiki is? I think everyone who listens to this podcast does. That's right. And if you don't know, <laughs> use the Google. <laughs> yeah, do your Googles and figure out what a dashiki is. And I was also looking for loose gold because <laughs> I feel like uh, 2015 was such a year where, like, I feel like to really get to the place. I need to be as a man, like I need to start the transition to like to by next New Year's Eve. I'm indistinguishable from like Isaac Hayes. <laughs> that's that's what I'm going for in twenty sixteen, man. Uh what what about you? What are you what are you hoping to accomplish in twenty sixteen? Who what am I hoping to accomplish? Uh hmm. I think I just want to make it out of this year. Uh, alive and in one piece. <laughs> Miami has a habit of uh, turning you into a monster. <laughs> and if I can make it out of 2016 with all of my facilities intact, uh, I will be pleased with myself. Uh, yeah, it's good It's good to set like a real low bar for expectations. I also might, I also might quit watching soccer. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Cause you people are making me sick. Uh oh. Uh oh. Is that? It's getting, it's getting a little warm here. Is there a hot take on the horizon? Uh, I feel like you got something you need to get off your chest, man. Uh, so this morning we were greeted on soccer Twitter to um, 
uh, a Deadspin Billy Hazley article on. Uh, shout out to Billy Hazley. Shout out to Hayes. Uh, about the Phoenix Suns owner. Yeah, Paul Sarver. Sarver um, buying Mallorca, part of a group that bought Mallorca over in the Spanish second division, one level below La Liga. And the U.S. soccer Twitter, MLS Twitter, got into a little bit of a, not a little bit of an outrage. They, they were outraged uh, that this man would have the audacity, once again, to write about how MLS has fundamental issues <laughs> and how Prorel is needed and how U.S. soccer is keeping down American soccer and how this is just another example of someone looking at another league and saying, I'd rather invest my money there over in Spain where I have a chance of glory and a return uh, <coughs> on my investment rather than put it into a closed system such as the one that exists here in the United States. Uh, you can have whatever opinion you want of the article. I didn't even bother to read it because <clears throat> not because I don't need. Uh... You already knew what it said, right? 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 I knew exactly what you it was going to say, and I and more more importantly, I don't give a shit. Like I think that was the most important part. I don't I care what the article can't, said. Like fine. Then your mentions get blown up with, <laughs> oh, Hazley wrote it. <laughs> Hazley, Hazley wrote it. Can't read it. Well, he's just an MLS hater. Well, he, I, I can't, to- I can't tolerate. Like, people are out there yelling about how they're not going to read something. It's weird. <laughs> As if, yeah. I mean, then don't read it. Like, why are you like on this crusade to like if you don't like what he's writing? And part of it is also if you read him or have read him regularly. I think he does make some good points. I think he frequently makes good points. He might not, the whole thing might not make perfect sense, but like, he's writing an opinion piece. His take is that you, like, I don't see the criminal nature of that that makes people turn into uh, intolerable, insufferable yeah, bastards. People take, <laughs> listen to it. People take, it's I mean, it's, it's decreasing, right? Yeah, MLS Twitter is like super serious and like super. Like there's a there's, there's this crazy weird shell of like self protection around it that twenty years in twenty one years in now why do we still have it like read the Bill Hazley article or don't don't react to it like the man was talking about your mama <laughs> right <laughs> you don't know that man that man doesn't care about you and in the grand scheme Nor of things should he right but like the opinion the commentary piece and it was a point. Uh, you may when we were talking about this earlier, people can't tell the difference between journalism and commentary. Right. So it doesn't matter what his opinion says, right? Nothing that that man writes or any of, air quotes, us soccer media types write or say that's opinion is going to sway anything ever. None of the people cutting checks care what Bill Hazley or you or I or they, Jason Davis or Grant Wall has this like no one cares it doesn't right. it doesn't matter right it doesn't matter so we we MLS Twitter soccer Twitter US soccer Twitter tends to react to anything that's perceived as negative or not even negative but anything that's not a glowing endorsement as if it's like the first step to everything we love and enjoy crumbling down around us and like that couldn't possibly be further from the truth i mean it's also just like also how quickly people connect dots right billy mentions i read it 
Billy mentions Ted in it too. Nah. I don't have to say her last name. And so, what up, Ted? Shout out to Ted doing the struggle. How does he retweet at that rate? Because that man is America's finest civil rights activist. <laughs> Ted, if you applied your powers to the civil rights movement, is is D Ray, is D Ray McKesson, Tallahassee Coates, Sean King, Ted uh, Westervelt. Ted needs to provide social media uh, advice to. Uh, <sighs> all the movements, all the movements. Anyway, so as, as, as soon Hillary. as he's connected to Ted, there's it just sets off a chain reaction that I'm so tired of. And it's it just, people have been so, people are emotionally tired of what Ted does. And I get it, right? I get why they are, and I get they're tired of his message and that it's not, oh, it's not that nuanced. But at the same time, it just bugs me that as soon as you're aligned with them, it makes you completely not worth listening to, right? Right. Because part of what Ted's issue is for a lot of people is how is how he delivers the message, is how he interacts. It's not even necessarily the message, right? It's that he it's seems like a bully to people. He's yeah. just he jumps in your mentions and da 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 da. Say what's going about Billy Hazley. That's all he's doing. You went to Deadspin to find that. Right. Right. Like, right. He's he not wrote, seeking people out to wrote, get. Yeah. Like, even if you think his opinions are trash, like, he's not seeking you out <laughs> and, like, messing up your day and your social media fun with it. But it's, it's just amazing how angry people seem. So, what do you, my, my, my biggest wish, my biggest sincere wish for American soccer in 2016 really is the same one I had in 2015 and will probably have in 2017. But then by then, you know, as much as we joke about how much we're starting to hate soccer, <laughs> it's not soccer that we're starting to hate. It's all the friend stuff. So my big sincere wish in 2016 is that MLS and U.S. soccer fans and media alike can drift away from this place where every conversation we have, like, leans on absolutes, where everything is either positive or negative, where you can't be a huge fan of MLS, but still at the same time say, no, this thing, this thing, this thing is nonsense. Or you right. can't be someone who doesn't really mess with MLS, but can still say, okay, I enjoyed that game. This mm -hmm. guy's good. I see the growth. Mm -hmm. Everyone has to be, you know, stick their feet, like firm, be firmly, so firmly entrenched in one camp or another. Right. And it's so obvious that people don't mean half of the shit that comes out of their mouth because nothing is ever that black and white. But it seems that American soccer opinions, you've got to be either you're with us or against us. And the torques and the, the torches and pitchforks come out. <laughs> From one side or the other, and keep all that. Man. Greg Howard tweeted earlier today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He said, Greg he said me. "MLS is bad," <laughs> right? He, that, it was that MLS. Is, I don't know if I can find it. But, but at the same whatever. time, he's and, definitely a proponent of the league. Right? He right. wants MLS and, to and win. It's just people can't understand. What it's like? Yeah, it's like the twelfth best league in the world, and. It's just those leagues are good. MLS is bad. Like it just the soccer's bad. Soccer's bad here. It's like, are you really? Is that, is that really gonna set somebody off in a? Do you really think he? Maybe it's the Greg name twelve leagues that are better than that you've watched three games of ever. That, right. That, yeah. I mean, and maybe maybe I don't know what he thinks about it. But people take themselves too damn seriously. He's not one of them. I think that like being able and having the freedom. 
to actually, so this might be kind of the opposite of what you're saying. Having the freedom to say those things, it's just the problem is that people don't understand that nuance in our sort of soccer sphere, right? Mm-hmm. If I walk up and I say, man, that dude is trash, I don't mean that he's not a good soccer player or he can't play soccer. It's player. relative. You get to, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You understand context. And we lose so much of that when we talk about soccer in this country. Yeah. Well, this is why Twitter needs 10,000 characters. Boo. So, <laughs> Lord Theodore, Lord Theodore of Westervelt can explain to us what's wrong in 10,000 characters. That's right. Get them retweets in. All right, enough of this. We talked about entirely too much soccer this for a second. What else is going on in this world, man? What else? What else? Is, what else is popping in these streets? Hey, you mess with that? Um, that you, have you seen that Netflix documentary, the How to Make a Murderer? Who's a murderer? This dude's not a murderer. Documentary. You seen that yet? Yep. What, what do you think about that? I think it is a fascinating portrayal of our criminal justice system. Uh, I think that uh, it is. I think people, a lot of people in this country don't understand how the police and prosecutors work together. Um, Meaning that if you get arrested, if you get charged for a crime, there's a certain level of collaboration that goes on from the police officers who arrested you all the way up through the DA who prosecutes you, who makes a decision to prosecute you. The two sides, the two parties work hand in hand. The prosecutor needs sort of the arresting officers and people to be on the same page in order to get the prosecution. He also, for his reputation, has to, when he decides to, or she decides to prosecute someone, they got to make that stick. There's an incentive, a professional incentive to make that stick. And I think a lot of people don't understand that the only goal is not, the goal in the criminal justice system isn't Justice. It's a Once they've decided it's a to prosecute rate. you, it's prosecution. It's to get you in jail. And I think this thing, even though it might seem like an extreme, is is the way it works, right? It, it's it's how maybe this is extreme, but this is the way the criminal justice system works. Once you have been charged with a crime, they're trying to plea you out, which means that usually they're trying to scare you into taking something. So if they say, all right, well, you're going to be in there for 20 years if this goes to a jury or you can plea out and you'll get like a year in probation. A lot of people will plead guilty, even if they're innocent, because they fear the ramifications of what if those X number of jurors find me guilty? There's some evidence. I got charged. Mm -hmm. And so it was dope in that sense. It wasn't in the sense of all of the goddamn outrage on the streets. See? And that's... <laughs> uh, While you were speaking, I was looking for the subtle way to say something. The uh, <laughs> the level of the people... Yeah, uh, well, yeah, what do you think? I mean, the, I just can't get all of this coverage of it. I am... I'm five episodes in, right? And yeah. I might bail on it because of how mad I get when I read people talking about it or I read, like, reviews or criticisms of the series or, like... You know, people like, oh, people write things like, oh, if you saw How to Make a Murder, here's some information about the criminal justice system, yada, yada, yada. And people, right. like, retweet it and respond to it like, my goodness. Right. It's kind of, it's like a weird, it's like a weird ver- inverse of the thing where we talk about where, like, people don't believe 
you know, uh, that the cops My are God, bad they're until Negroes there's video. like hotcakes. <laughs> like, until you see video of something you don't believe is true, but it's like, oh, okay, here's some white dude from Ohio or Milwaukee, wherever the hell he's from. It's like, he's getting railroaded, and now suddenly people are like, this happens? Yeah. We've got a right to President Obama, even though Obama yeah. can't do anything. Right. You got a right to the governor if you want to do anything. Like uh, it takes this for you to realize how people can get railroaded by the criminal justice system. Like, like you're a grown ass adult. How is anything that's happening in this documentary a surprise to anybody? It's, it's like, so, what's wrong with right, you? It's so mute, and the, the response is it just reveals this level of this complete indifference to what other people in other communities have been saying forever. Right? Right. Hey. I didn't do anything. It's, just, it's like, sure you didn't. Sure you didn't, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You just, yeah. The police said so. The police so. said you did it, yeah. so you did it, right? They just scooped me off the corner, but I wasn't doing anything. They said I look suspicious. I don't know what that meant. But, <laughs> cops uh, cops have been right. sprinkling crack on people for decades. Right. People get, like, sudden movements get you shot. Like, also, I mean, it's just a culture of... Like, there's a culture around what's happened around police in black communities specifically um, in this country that they've been saying it like we've been saying it for years, decades, but decades. If I want to be and less people, cynical about it, I think is it, there is okay. there is which is a rare stance for me, right? It's not the one I completely agree with, but I'm this just gonna throw it out take, there. Then. Yeah, I'm gonna cold take this. It is a good thing that people are actually watching it so they actually realize how ridiculous the criminal justice system is, right? Mm -hmm. Even if it does make me angry that this was the case for you to open your eyes, it's that old what would Jon Stewart do complex that we always talk about. Right. Like so on 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 the opposite, it's good that people are like more informed and more aware of things, but I still want to hold reserve right to be angry. I mean the question to me is is what next, right? Is what do these people do with this realization that this is the way a lot of the criminal justice system works? This is the way the criminal justice system is designed to get prosecuted. Like, it's not new. Well, I what's imagine... Anyway, what's, uh, I'm outraged. Let's get that guy out of prison. He gets out of prison, let's say, right? Let's say he got pardoned, which Wisconsin's governor, Scott Walker, he's not going to pardon this dude. No. Anyway, let's say he did pardon him. He comes out. People go, yeah, and then go back to Starbucks. But all right, it, here's in, is that in too theory, cynical? no. Yeah. But in, in theory, I would say this, right? Documentaries like this come out, and as news comes out about how police and criminal justice and prosecutors and lawyers, how how all that works, right? right? Right. As more of that information comes out, the public is better informed. A better informed public is a better qualified jury pool. Right. So is the, is like is that the ultimate benefit that like that one piece of the criminal justice system is better that as people are more aware and people are sm- become smarter to not take something that a cop or a prosecutor says at face value to think a little bit deeper because for better they're more cynical about the whole system that now people sitting on juries are smarter. So maybe mm. some of these things can be avoided in the future. Maybe it probably Maybe. won't work out that way. I mean, but like that's like that's like the hope, right? Especially in these sort of smaller communities, the problem is also that there's an intimacy between all the individuals involved, right? The police officers in the town aren't just sort of third-party police officers who just 
show up and I don't know who they are, never seen them before. It's Jim. Like, you know them. It's Bob and Jim, right? They know them historically, and these are the people that keep us safe. And they say, hi, Sally, as I'm going to the store. And it's like, oh, hey, Bob, how are you? How's Sue Ann doing? Sorry, sorry for these <laughs> Sally, names. Sally, Bob, yeah. and Sue Ann. What are you trying to say? Yeah. My bad. Uh, <laughs> Maybe Jahim. And, <laughs> and so when it comes... Jahim can't go to... The, Officer Jahim can't go to the Whole Foods, get some fresh strawberries, <laughs> and lock a man up for no reason. <laughs> Gluten-free fish. Is that possible? Um, And so so when a jury is facing someone like that in a small community, then it becomes, yeah, sure, you heard about what happened in Wisconsin, but Jim wouldn't do that. Right. 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 Because there's a level of intimacy there. So there's always this... We're, we're, our society is built around this idea, and we've had it for, forever, that these people, until they harm us, until we see that harm, these people are there to protect us. Mm-hmm. And the sort of smaller town you're in, the more it's just like, yeah, they're there for that. And so I don't know if in those places it really makes much of a difference. But, you know, maybe you're right. In some places it does. But I always happen to believe that if you live in a town where people are already cynical towards police officers, I mean, this wasn't anything new. Right. right, like it, this is gonna change people. Like, is this gonna change the jury of your peers in Baltimore City? I don't know. Well, assuming that if you live if in Baltimore City, depend. Assuming that the jury is actually of your peers. It's, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap up this segment on dope social justice. Uh, we'll be back with some of your ridiculous questions. Dr. Bennett Amalu, who discovered CTE in NFL players, has a word for Major League Soccer Commissioner Don Garber. Hello, Mr. Garber. Dr. Amalu. Uh, How are you today? Wonderful, wonderful. I'm ready to make MLS a top league by 2020. uh, Yes, because I was thinking about the promotion relegation the other day, and... Uh, suppose I want to start a team in, uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, I want to get to, why can I not go up to the MLS? Well, first of all... I am not done. I would like to know from you, because I am sick of people lying to me in this country after I work hard and come here from Nigeria. I am sick and tired. So how do I get my team, Mr. Gaba, into the MLS? Well, first of all, Dr. Amalu... And one more thing before I finish... I want you to know that if you try to railroad me like that uh, Roger Goodell tried to railroad me, I will not have it this time. This time I have Will Smith on my side. Security. Soccer Godcaster. Soccer Godcaster. Soccer Godcaster. Then we're back, segment two of the Soccer Godcast, which I don't think we even introduced ourselves in the top of the first segment, but whatever. We did not. Yeah, y'all know who this is. You clicked on it. I am Kevin Brown at Friendly Foe on them Twitters. And with me is Mariti Marungi at Nutmeg Radio on them Twitters. AKA Dr. Omalu. When the NFL players get hit in the Why head. Why is it that when I come over to see Mr. Goodell, he says to me, ah, 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 why? I say, what is your business? Do I, what are you doing here? 
God did not mean for man to play football. It is it shocks the brain. Mind you, everybody, please <laughs> tell ask, the truth. These accents are both way better than Will Smith's yes. trash ass Nigerian oh, accent. Oh man, it was so bad. Concussion. Ah, uh, saw that movie last night. Entertaining movie, but my man, my man Will, aka Young Muhammad Ali, his accent was horrific. <laughs> Whew. And that is a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> he fell asleep right there on the field. Oh, man. The man is going to die. They should have had us do the dope Nigerian voiceovers. <laughs> that man is not sleeping. That man over there, he is dead. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast. Where we ask you guys for questions, uh, preferably non-soccer questions, because life is ever-expanding, and uh, you got to broaden your horizons, man. And we're on our way out of soccer. <laughs> <laughs> Which changed the name of this podcast to Exit Strategy. <laughs> uh, our first question comes from John Brown II at MI Footballer. He asks... How long will it take before y'all tweet the entire album of The Chronic? That's a very good question. Is it? I think it's a good question. That... Oh, oh, uh, John Brown also has a podcast called The Outer Drive. Well, shout out to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to that. Uh, speaking of exit, exit strategies, maybe that's how we go out. <laughs> With what? Tweeting we all tweet the chronic? The entire, yeah, we tweet the lyrics, the whole lyrics to The Chronic. Or do it, make it Chronic 2001 just to be spiteful because no one really pays attention to that album no more. Oh, my real dumb. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> so, is there, or, or to if, be determined? If not the Chronic, is there a better, is there a better final way to completely blow up the account? What album? To maybe, Pimp a Butterfly? Pimp a Butterfly. I was thinking Fear of a Black Planet. Yeah. Not much difference. But it's something we'll have to consider. Uh, M.O.P. <laughs> Just cold as ice on loop. Just. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this second question is absolutely your fault because when we asked people for questions this morning, you said you can't guarantee we even talk about soccer, so if you have a physics or house hunters question, send it over. Look, and if and that's exactly what somebody did. Yeah, because what did I say about people taking this too seriously? <laughs> huh? You really thought I meant physics questions? Is that what you thought I meant? <laughs> wait, wait. So uh, this person whose at name is a bunch of letters said, "Okay, I'll bite." So, what's your initial take on the new Hawking paper on the black hole info paradox? What do you think? Uh. Stephen Stephen Hawking has a new paper out mm. on the on the black hole what on the black hole info paradox. You're not up on this. I think that's slightly racist. Good point. African American holes, Hawking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Didn't learn that <laughs> at Oxford, did you? <laughs> Next question might be my favorite question that anyone has ever asked us on this show. I saw this question earlier. And I told Meridi to not look at the soccer guys' mentions because I did not. What did Stephen Hawking go to Cambridge? It doesn't matter. Nah, I'm just wondering. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. This question is from Tiger Millionaire at Brian underscore Rollins. It's very important. You gotta, you gotta, <clears throat> you gotta pay attention. He says, recently had a discussion on dairy 
False. <laughs> Wait, re- <laughs> no, you didn't. Recently had a discussion on dairy with a few friends and discovered we all have the same problem. Oh, no. Are we all broken or do all black people suddenly become lactose intolerant as adults? Yo, I mess with milk. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to you guys. Uh, I mean, the word on the street is that, uh, like how they're asking us real medical questions, though. Um, is that a medical question? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's gastrointestinal. I have a, I have a theory. You have a theory on this? Yeah. First of all, uh... <laughs> <laughs> by the way, that's a great question. Milk. Let me think about it. Milk is kind of gross, right? Like I've, I've, like dairy products, or whatever. I'm team coconut milk in my cereal. Maybe it's because I live in my auntie now. What? I am team coconut milk with my cereal. Coconut milk. That's because okay. I live in Miami now, and I'm I'm wild fancy. So what does that say about lactose intolerance? Nothing. It just says I'm dope because cow milk is for commoners. Cow milk. <laughs> All right, ready. Hear me out. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Hear me out. Cow milk, my brother, is the is the culinary equivalent of white Jesus. <laughs> cow milk cow milk is like the last vestige of I colonialism. See where you're going with You know this. what I'm saying? Like the black man was not designed to ingest nasty cow milk, but you know, colonizers came, gave us McDonald's, white Jesus, and cow's milk, and now our guts are all messed up 500 years later. I get the white Jesus parallel. Here's the white It's at some point in your adult life, Brian, you realize that the white milk is not good for you. Your body inherently rejects <laughs> rejects rejects the white milk because it's like, say, brother, what are you doing with this white milk in your system? You know there are other milks out there. <laughs> there is the soy. There is the almond milk. There is the coconut milk. There what? are tropical fruits that you can enjoy and tropical white liquids. When has white milk ever looked out for the interests of your community? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, I don't like to think I'm white milk intolerant. I'm just pro other milks. (laughs) (laughs) I I hope that answers your question. Brother, <laughs> tell your friends that and get back to us. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> now to the loyal Ooh. listener section of questions. This is a good one. Barca Steph Uh-oh. asks, <laughs> who do you suppose will take over the Earth first? Sentient robots, aliens, or sentient robot aliens? Don't care. The answer is lizard people, because they've already done it. We spend a lot of time thinking about things that are never going to happen in our lifetime. You know why we have so many movies about alien and robot takeovers? And this is a theory that I just made up about seven to eight seconds ago. Suppose I said yes, I do. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> it's, it's, 
societal guilt. Oh no no! The, I think I, deep I down we we all know that we're awful, mm-hmm. and we're doing terrible things to the planet and to each other, and we don't deserve to have this like wonderful planet, you know, that sustains life in the galaxy. It's this magnificent thing, right? So deep in the back of our minds, we know we're awful and we don't deserve anything. So we create a whole bunch of stories and fantasies about someone or something swooping in and taking over. I think all of that comes from like a weird guilt. Yeah, it's escapism too. It's it's the idea that, hey, uh, things aren't the greatest around here. And so let's think of life far, far away. Let's listen to and watch and read Harry Potter which is a horrible idea generally nah Harry Potter's dope yo Harry Potter's whack there's some things missing from Harry Potter can't trust anything (laughs) that 8 and 80 year olds both enjoy (laughs) it's one step away from fascism (laughs) trust me trust me do not read Uh, Harry Potter uh, our final question I'm slightly disappointed in this question from Soccer Guys contributor Brent Maximin, who today posted his uh, Hump Day Dumpster Dive, uh, which featured a nice section about the way La Liga completely tries to ignore the very real racism of his fans. But Brent usually asks this question to try to get us fired. This time, not so much. He has a very real question that I'm not sure what the answer is. If you are familiar with our Hot Takes and Sausage series, possibly rest in peace, he has a very real question. Where's Reggie? We need answers. Where's Reggie, man? I mean, I couldn't tell you he was dead. Otherwise, I might get picked up by uh, uh, the Manitowoc, whatever. Who's <laughs> 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 Wisconsin police? You can get real rude about a Wisconsin cops. Uh, Brent, to answer your question. I don't know who Reggie is. Yeah, we don't snitch. That's How's right. How's that? Stop that's, snitching, Brent. That's right, Brent. And I think that's where we need to wrap up. Do we have any other questions? Uh, here's a quick one. Oh, we got more? Yeah. All right, I guess we're not wrapping up. Neighbors, this is from uh, Brandon Jarrett. Uh, B-J-A-R-R-A-T-T on the Twitters. He asks, Neighbors, leaving holiday decorations up through New Year's. Fire emoji or poop emoji? Uh, fire emoji because Christmas is not over till January 6th. And that is my inner West Indian talking. And let's and that's a wrap. Soccer Godcaster. The Soccer Godcast Soccer has been Godcast. brought to you by Not Draft Kings. Use the hashtag Soccer Godcast on Twitter to get in Soccer touch. Shot. Follow Kevin Brown at Friendly Foe, Meridi Marungi at Nutmeg Radio, and of Soccer course Soccer Godcast. Gods at Soccer Gods. Don't forget to visit us at SoccerGods.com. Soccer Godcast. Soccer Godcast.